uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud with me again, Patrick Watson. In today's episode, I discuss the workplaces of the future and how we can achieve them with Vishal Brown of Yorktown. With over 20 years in the industry from both the customer and vendor side of the coin, Vishal knows the challenges facing organisations when it comes to measuring and implementing collaboration solutions. I started by asking him how much of a role collaboration technology will play in the workplaces of the future. I think it has a key role, a fundamental role. Um, I think it's a tipping point for the industry. Um, And the reason is because uh, there are a couple um, things converging right now that that um, allows this. So let's let's take a few of them, right? Um, network finally here, where we can do a video without worrying about if the if it's one going to be stable. Um, I think we we can say that. I mean, they, this call we're on, for example, you're in the UK. I'm in uh, I'm in Miami today. I'm, I live in New York. That sounds a lot more attractive than where I am currently. <laughs> <laughs> and my view is uh, the ocean, so not too bad. Oh, wow. There's no need to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, we're across the world and I'm on my laptop and we're doing a voice call, right? And we could do video. But um, we're able to do that seamlessly and easily. So that's a, just a, the fact that the networks are now there. And I'm, I'm connected wirelessly, right? So that says a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I mean, well, we have a solid connection here. Um, are the technologies there, not just the network, but the hardware and software for us to do these things. Um, and then generationally, um, the users are coming in. Are, these are, let's say, um, they expect video, they expect voice, they expect real-time collaboration tools. So I think those, those some of those elements where the technology is there, the network slash transport's there, uh, the, the, the generation that's here is expecting real-time collaboration tools makes it critically important for us in the industry in, in collaboration and you see um, to offer these tools to the market and to the to users that threshold you're saying we, we've reached you know in, enables an entirely new facet and way of working doesn't it in terms of agility uh, and working from home and collaborating with different geographical areas and all of that sort of stuff yeah i i 100 agree i think that that forces us right in it and, and industry to think about collaboration beyond the four walls of the conference room that just means that collaboration is now everywhere it's how do you make every space a collaboration space how do you, when you when you think about a floor in a in a um, in a, in a uh, co- uh, corporate building, right, where, where we go to work every day, um, but now you, you, you just a step uh, as a side note, you know, work's no longer a destination but an activity, right? We don't I don't go to my office to work. I I'm working right now. Yeah. So it's, it's an activity. It's wherever I am, I work. Um, so. When we think about spaces, how do we make every space a collaboration space and, and, and allow someone to work anywhere they are? And even when they do go to the office, it doesn't have to be in that conference room. It could be at their desk where they're collaborating. So as a, as a in, you know, having the experience in UC um, and other UC experts, we have to rethink collaboration outside of the four walls of the conference room. How do I give users tools? So they can collaborate at their desk and make it easy. So they're not thinking about thinking about technology, but just thinking about the task at hand. Um, 
create, con you know, creating conducive environments for that collaboration to happen, um, with both at, from a tools perspective, but from a design perspective as well. Are we, are we designing the spaces that facilitates collaboration? The point that we've reached in technology and, and the ability to enable all of the global collaboration and, and working from home and working from wherever it might be, those are just some of the benefits that you see can bring to uh, organisations looking to implement agile working. What, what are the other benefits in terms of, know that one thing you were talking about before is eventually it does come down to measuring that productivity and analysing, you know, whether there are intrinsic gains from having people working at home or working, you know, wherever that might be. Sure, I think we're, we're the, the challenge with most folks in you see is ultimately, as they look at, you know, um, paradigm shifts like digital workplace transformation initiatives, right? And how do they uh, ensure that collaboration is a is a big component of that? And how do you justify investing in collaboration tools to, en to enable digital workplace transformation initiatives? And a lot of times they're going up against a CFO, right? And the CFO or the C-suite, I should say, tells tells them, hey, justify this. Show me how more productive you are. Show me the numbers, right? So how do you quantify stuff like this? And I, I think that's been, that's been the challenge. And I think we got to start thinking about um, how do you measure productivity on a maturity curve? How, how mature is an environment, a enterprise, an enterprise a culture, um, do we have a collaborative culture? So I, I think we have to start thinking about what are the KPIs for measuring productivity slash collaboration. Um, and when you look at feature function, right? When you look at um, are you deploying the tools? That could be one KPI to measure um, if you're if you're enabling productivity within an environment. Are you designing your space as well to allow productivity? Are you provi um, providing a collaborative culture in terms of the way you work and allowing flexibility in HR policies, for example, to allow a more flexible work culture and work style? Um, I think as those are some of the metrics you have to start thinking about, uh, KPIs, that measures productivity and how collaborative you are. Some other components you want to think about are um, when you think about the the UC spectrum, right? So the ones we know about, voice, video, IM, uh, content sharing. Um, when you think about uh, those four or five feature functions that make up UC, um, how, many are, how many of those things are, is your organization using? Are we just doing voice a lot but no video? Are we mainly an IM organization and text-based? Do we get on video a lot? So measuring as well on those, just those four things, how much of those, how many video calls do you do out of your 10 collaboration sessions? Is it, are you at four out of 10 or eight out of 10? So some of those things starts measuring how, how you're enabling collaboration and how collaborative you are. And that's a function of productivity. And I suppose the difficulty in quantifying, um, as you said, productivity and determining, you know, effective KPIs to you know, realize the value in collaboration is difficult and that is 
a barrier for you know implementing UC and collaboration technologies? What what are the other barriers in terms of I- implementing products and solutions that enable UC to 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 allow users that ability in terms of global collaboration, remote working, and and hot desking and all of those things? Sure, um, I think there are still some technology challenges. Um, we're dealing with the you know the the grandmasters of Microsoft and Cisco, right? wants to own it themselves and obviously interoperation of um, those technologies are, are still a challenge so uh, as with any company some may choose a Cisco path and others may choose a Microsoft path and, and many times most companies have both and uh, some users or IT may say you know use product one for collaborating and others may say use product two and some may say use both so you have a confused uh, user, uh, and you have interoperation challenges between one platform and the other. So there, there are technology challenges, um, and the users have to bear the brunt of that. But, but also the technologists, right? Because we got to figure out how to get these things to work. Um, so I think those are one set of challenges. The other set I would say is uh, um, as companies rethink of how they design workspaces. Um, it can really impact uh, how end users feel about that space. So, for example, um, as companies look towards activity-based workspaces, meaning based on your activity, you choose a space. So, am I doing a two-person meeting or I'm doing some heads-down work or I'm doing a video conference call today or I need to just huddle up with my team for a minute, uh, for a few minutes to have a, uh, to, solve a, to solve this problem. So depending on that activity, you'll choose a meeting space or a collaboration space. And that's a different way of thinking about work where it's activity driven as opposed to, hey, I'll take this, you know, I'll I'll be working at my desk. Um, So I think as we redesign spaces, that's a a mind change in how you think about work. Um, But other, other organizations are depersonalizing work as well, meaning you no longer have an assigned desk. Um, and when you go to work that day, you, you, again, you choose your, your work based on your activity or your space. Um, and that means someone with their cubicle, with their name on their cubicle or name on their office is gone. All those pictures that you had on your desk are gone. Um, that same desk that, or drawer that you put your bag in is, is gone. It's only there for a couple hours, meaning when you were there occupying that space. So it's very depersonalized, and that's a different way of working. It's a different style of work, and that can be a huge culture impact to users. So I think that's another challenge. Um, the other thing is you kind of have a clash of generations here, right? You have, like I mentioned at the beginning, you have your millennials and Generation Z expecting video because they have it in their consumer lives. And baby boomers are not necessarily thinking about video first, right? A lot of what we've the challenges we've seen with some companies is <clears throat> they put a you know duct tape over the camera, right? They they don't go on video. It's not video first, right? Where you know millennials are video first. They want to be on video all the time. So those generational challenges we see as well. And then the technology challenges, um, getting these things to work right and interoperate. 
Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting what you were saying about the sort of depersonalization of, of workspaces in existing offices, because it's been something that's been mentioned time and again when I've been speaking to people about implementation of collaboration and UC, that it's, it's an ideology change required from certain users. And like you said, you know, particular groups of users are more inclined to uh, use new technology, whether that be video or IM. But how can, as an industry, how can we assist those groups that aren't so, you know, keen to adopt new technologies into adopting UCNC in terms of operating it in their daily work functions? I think we got to get out of the engineering mindset because uh, as technologists, we think about all the bells and whistles and how cool this is and, and we're excited about it, which is fine. We're, I, I get it. I'm a technologist too. We are excited about it. But ultimately, we got to think about the casual user and what their user experience is going to look like and how do you... Um, make sure you create a user experience that's seamless for them and really gets them focused on their work at hand, not the technology. Um, I think you got to think about that user experience first and foremost as you as you evolve your technologies, evolve your, your collaboration spaces um, and, and try, try to change that culture. A lot of it is communicating and technologists, you know, I'll admit it myself, right, we're not always the greatest communicators. So, communicating, hey, this is coming next year. Expect it. It's coming in six months. It's coming in three months. So it's not, new new technology is not just dropped on them. right? So they're aware that it's coming and they're preparing for it, for it. And you are preparing them for it. And you're getting training done and you're creating adoption programs. Um, there's a whole change management structure around it. So I think really, IT really taking a bigger look at change management and how a change in technology and spaces and design impacts the end user is really, really critical about rolling out um, or evolving how we work. So I think IT has to work closer with change management functions within organizations to understand and, and, and manage the impact to end users. We've touched on adoption of, of new technologies that we're already using at the moment. What do you think is going to be the, the main driver within new emerging technologies within, within the next 12 months? I mean, obviously the Internet of Things is, you know, AI uh, technology. Where do you think in the commercial enterprise space the, the next emerging technology is going to make the most impact? When you think about our homes, right, and what, what we're getting used to, uh, and our cars, we're getting used to we get home and the lights turn on automatically. Or... We walk, you know, we say, Alexa, call someone, or Alexa, turn the lights on. Um, there's a lot of voice automation and artificial intelligence at work in, in our home lives and in our consumer lives. And I think there's a natural expectation you, you'd see these things in the workplace. So I think as we think about our collaboration spaces and how we collaborate with our peers, um, there there will be more automation and AI implemented within uh, collaboration tools. So you wouldn't have to think about how many, you know, I got to do four clicks to join my meeting. Room Collaboration rooms now would get, should be smart enough to know, I walk in that room and it knows it's me 
because it identified me by voice or by image or my facial recognition and connects me right into my meeting um, and authenticates each of the participants joining in that meeting automatically. So I think um, a lot of that voice activation and interaction technologies that we, we're seeing in our consumer lives and AI that are that's that we're seeing getting pervasive um, would start um, entering the enterprise. The other piece I think that you know, that, that's really the user side, right? How about the, the te- technologist side? I think for us, with the explosion of big data and the amount of um, data we can see from how these rooms are used, which we've traditionally seen, but how can we monetize that data and really use it to impact the end user? Meaning, I notice Persona A goes in this room every Monday at 8 o'clock. What should I do with that information? How can I use it to the benefit of that end user? Or collaboration in region A of the world is really increasing. Or in region C, it's decreasing. How can I monetize that or guide my investment strategy based on that, those data points? So I think from, a, from, a, from the technology side, I think um, we have to figure out how can we make better use of those data points that are available. And, and I suppose that... Um, analysis of data that you're talking about, obviously for optimization for for an end user perspective, will go back to the point we touched on earlier, which is how do you demonstrate, you know, the benefits uh, and the intangible, you know, gains that collaboration and UC bring to an organisation. Yeah, I agree. Um, it allows, you know, people to, to work your own way, meaning. Meaning, it un- now starts understand. You're, you're collecting a lot of data points in the way the way we work. You and I work as days pass, weeks pass. So it starts learning us, right? And I think organizations will start learning individual user behavior, group behavior, team behavior, organizational behavior with those anal- with those data points. And I think there's there's ways you could leverage that information to either um, optimize the culture or evolve the culture within an organization and how they collaborate. Um, I don't, we're not there yet, but to answer your question, I think you know, in the next 12 to 18 months, I think you'll start seeing maturity in how we you know, leverage that, those data points to enhance um, the, the collaboration experiences. Excellent. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, I look forward to speaking again in the future. Sounds great, Patrick. Thank you for your time. Well, that was today's episode of Out Loud. Thanks to Vishal Brown for explaining some of the challenges and the rewards that we might see in reaching the workplaces of the future. Find much more UCNC content on our website at uctoday.com and you can also follow us on Twitter and via LinkedIn. If you have any questions or ideas for future pods, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. But thanks again for listening.